Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello everyone and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast, the only wrestling podcast on the planet, as always, not true. Now, before anyone starts going on about it, if you're watching this live on YouTube, obviously, you've got people on the audio as well, welcome to you all. Uh, Simon, we'll keep going, Miller, why is your face so red? Uh, I just got, my lighting's gone all weird, that's all it is, so right now I get it, my face is really red, I look a bit like a tomato, I guess I gotta go and figure out what my camera's doing and what the lights are doing, but, you know, I only realised that once I'd set everything up. And, yeah, that's that. But I've been getting that all week. I'm going to do my jumper up. I just realized my jumper's undone. Uh, but, yes, obviously, we took a break last week. we still got a little one up, kind of like a, a semi-episode, for lack of a better term. But now we're back, and we're back to smash it again. Uh, if you can support the podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316. There's a link in the description below. If you are watching on YouTube, even a dollar allows me to do all of this, and I always appreciate it. And there's loads of stuff around, uh, you know, YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Miller Report Rules, Twitter, Instagram at SimonMiller316. Come subscribe, come like, come follow, come do all of that stuff. Let's talk about some pro wrestling for an hour or so. Now, I didn't really know what I was going to open to talk about this, uh, this week, because a lot is going on. But then this morning, as I was getting everything set up and I was getting everything ready, it comes out from the Wrestling Observer, at least that's what I may come out from elsewhere, that's where I heard it from, from Dave Meltzer, that Tommaso Ciampa, I mean, there have been rumours about his neck in- or an-, an injury, like he hasn't been, obviously, I don't think he was on Raw or SmackDown last week, I may be wrong, that was when I was away, certainly not on Raw or SmackDown this week, um, the rumour was he's working through an injury, and that... He was going to take some time off after WrestleMania. Now, if you were like me, you probably assumed it was his knee again or, you know, aggravating something he's done in the past. But as it turns out, and he may have had a neck injury before, I can't, you know, profess to know. But yeah, apparently he's got a neck injury. Apparently the decision has been made. He needs to have surgery this week. And obviously when you're talking about necks, that's some serious shit. Like you can't just... There's no such thing as a, a, a light-hearted neck surgery, right? I mean, there's no such thing as a light-hearted anything. But if it is your knee you know, if you damage your ACL or whatever, you can't really make that knee any worse. But when it's your neck, and the neck can be, you know, the difference between life and death. And it's kind of crazy on so many levels, because one, you'd have to presume that uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet took Gagano and Champa's spot on SmackDown, because obviously they took on uh, the bar this week, and it kind of feels a bit weird that they're on both Raw and SmackDown doing kind of the same thing with different teams. It utterly puts into disarray the whole Gagano champa storyline, <coughs> excuse me, in NXT that we were meant to pay off in but a month or so at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, or wherever it is in New York. And I just find that mad. I mean, it kind of, there's always been this rumor going around that apparently Vince McMahon is wary to book long term storylines in case something like this happens. And it's kind of hard not to agree with him a little bit. I mean, it's nobody's fault these things happen, especially in wrestling. What can you do? But all that build, and it, let's say that, I mean, I don't know much about neck injuries um, other than what, you know, I've heard in the grapevine. Excuse me, my nose is itching for some reason. But, you know, you can recover from, you know, some neck injuries in six months, but some say 12, some say 18. Either way, that's a hell of a long time to just shelve something, especially because it already got a bit convoluted after the NXT guys were called up to the main roster. So I don't know where this leaves that storyline. I don't know whether WWE will ever return to it. I don't know what Triple H is going to do. Does he vacate the title? You'd have to presume yes, but when does he do that? I don't know when the next filming for NXT. It's just, it's a really, really nuts situation. And if nothing else, it's devastating for him because, you know, what what a tear he was on. You know, arguably one of the best heels in all of wrestling. A really good NXT champion. Finally gets called up to Raw and SmackDown. I'm sure he would have absolutely smashed it on there. And then you kind of get, you know, you kind of get brought back down to earth with a bump. So, you know, taking wrestling out of it and looking at the human side, that's absolutely heartbreaking in many ways, especially because last time he was injured, that's kind of where he developed his character, or at least where he proved that being on the shelf doesn't necessarily have to mean the end and you can come up with ideas and ways to make it work. But yeah, I mean, came out this morning. Who knows what other information will be on the way. Could turn out all to be a big lie for all I know. I'm just kind of reporting on the stuff that we do have. But it just, it, I find it really, it pulls at, it pulls at the emotions. Especially with Tommaso Ciampa because he was in a, a position to kind of really nail it if he was given the freedom and, and, you know, and he was allowed to perform like we know he can. And obviously from a fan's point of view, it, it does suck 
that we've gone through, what, a year? Probably a year and a half? I can't even remember now. But a long damn time waiting for this Bing Tommaso Ciampa and Gargano uh, payoff, like a lot of people's criticisms were. We should have done that with the last man standing match. That's neither here nor there. We don't know where they were going. So you shouldn't jump down their throats too much. And now we may not get it. I, 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 you know, that is that's kind of the, the the second tier of things we should be upset about. I, I always try and put myself in in the performer's position when this does happen, and it must just be it must be heartbreaking, you know, to be on Raw and SmackDown and to be smashing in NXT and then wake up one day and get told, "Sorry, man, that's it. You got to go get neck surgery, and and we'll see you down the road." But hey ho, that is the the trials and tribulations of being a wrestler. I know that <laughs> more than not more than most, but just as much as anybody else, uh, as I'm sure most of you know too. And NXT's got some more changes to make. What they entail, I have absolutely no clue. Uh, Ryan Evermy in the super, super Chat, as always. If you do donate in Super Chat, you get a tap on the heart. And obviously, we'll always read out those comments and those questions. And Ryan asks, who would you put the NXT title on now? And that really is, and again, that really is the question. I mean, the best idea I've heard is transition the Gargano match against uh, Adam Cole. But I think Adam Cole is, is good to go, right? I think most people would agree. I mean, he could go on Raw SmackDown tomorrow and smash it. So I would potentially transition across to that, but maybe you pull something out of left field. Maybe give it to the Velveteen Dream. Why not? Give him a shot. You you didn't intend to find yourself in this position anyways. It's not like you, you're going to undermine or underwhelm something else. You were ne Again, you were never meant to be here, so you could take a punt. You could also do something with Matt Riddle. I mean, usually in NXT, they do like to use to go through a couple of feuds before you get to the NXT title. They cycle that quite well. But again, you know, a huge open space. You can do whatever you want. Maybe it wouldn't be the worst idea to put Matt Riddle there and kind of shake things up a bit, especially because you, you know, well, three guys now technically, but you'd have to imagine that three guys, Alistair Black, Ricochet and Gargano, will eventually, you know, transfer over to the main roster completely. But it does suck. Um, you know, who knows how long he'll be out for. Hopefully it's not as bad as some of us are predicting. And hopefully more than anything, he can get surgery as soon as possible and get back to being healthy. Because that's the other thing we never think about when anybody gets injured is the mental toll it takes on you as well. In fact, the mental toll is probably harder than the physical, especially if it stops you doing something that you love. Because now not only has that been taken away from you, but you have to, you know, every day wake up and realize I've got rehab to go. You know, I've got the, the pain of the surgery and I need to get back to where I want to be. And a doctor is telling me they won't sign those that paperwork to tell me that it's I'm good to go for maybe a year. I mean, that that's a lot to take on. So, yeah, all the best thoughts uh, to Muscle Champa. Uh, while we are sending out good thoughts as well, obviously, crazy week in terms of uh, wrestling or wrestling-related personas dying. King Kong Bundy passed away at the age of 61. I don't think the cause of death has come out yet, but still 61. I mean, I know he was a big dude, so a lot of people start speculating about heart-related problems, but who knows. But to die at 61 is early. And, of course, the other one is, is Luke Perry, who had that stroke last week, and I think he was 53. And, obviously, if you don't know, and I didn't know this until what, a couple of weeks ago, I had no idea he was the dad of Jungle Boy. No, I mean, why, why would you, right? Why would you associate Jungle Boy, uh, the independent wrestler, being the son of Luke Perry? But that one, I guess that one hit me, I mean, they both hit me hard, because I remember King Kong Bundy from WrestleMania 2 when he fought Hulk Hogan. I'm pretty sure, you know, King Kong Bundy was one of the first heels that I saw, where I was like, oh, man, crazy guy. I don't want I don't, I don't to mess with him. But, obviously, Luke Perry is different because I used to watch Beverly Hills 90210 when I was younger. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan. I'm not going to pretend I watched it week in, week out, but I watched it a lot. And, you know, to find out that he did, he was such a big wrestling fan and that his career was still going strong. I mean, it just, you know, wasn't in my sphere of influence, but he was still smashing it. And he was such a supporter of his son's wrestling career. And that he was, like I say, a massive wrestling fan. It kind of did hit me. It did make me go. I remember I said out loud, oh, no, because I guess I've kind of got into this place where if someone has a stroke or a heart attack you think they'll recover and to hear that he'd been put into a medically induced coma and he never got out of it you're just like geez man life is terrifying I mean tying it into Raw where uh, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins were talking about just that and how terrifying life is and you can never you know you, you, no, you have no rights to tomorrow you have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring and that's why you should bring Dean Ambrose back into the shield and absolutely shatter storytelling and continuity but <laughs> but the point is they were making a really good you know it made a lot of sense and it is true and maybe that's why the whole Roman Reigns storyline in itself is so compelling. I've just put my, like an idiot, my phone on my battery has just gone below 20%, and I put it on low battery, which is the last thing I want to do, because all my notes are on there. So we're taking that right off. Uh, we talked about Roman Reigns too, 
I think it's worth focusing on that because obviously I was away last week and we didn't we didn't talk about it. So I'll talk about it here. I mean, I'm not going to say anything new or anything that hasn't already been said, but it was great, right? It was probably one of the best moments on Raw ever. You had Roman Reigns come back, uh, you know, very humble, very motivational and very inspirational guy to tell us that, you know, his cancer's gone or is in the process of going. Like, with the crowd reaction and, you know, his genuine promo and how heartfelt and emotional it was, I don't see how anyone could not have been moved by that. I thought it was great. You know, the fact that it happened within a pro wrestling environment kind of made it cooler because that's my greatest hobby, right? That's something I love. And to see this guy, again, talking about the Tommaso Ciampa thing and the mental fight, to seeing Roman Reigns come over that hurdle and return in, what, four or five months? I think it's an incredible story. I thought it was delivered really well. I know there was some controversy around T-shirts and sending out emails regarding buying merchandise not going to get into that I just I want to focus on the good not the the potential uh, the controversial side of it I mean I just loved it and you know having him do a little thing later on by Superman punching some people (laughs) while getting the desired response that WWE's wanted for ages yeah I mean just fantastic something I'll this rare and it's rare because it tapped right into reality and it typed into and it tapped into things that are really important as we've always said, like wrestling could go away tomorrow and it would suck and we'd have to go fill our days with different things to do, but nothing is more important than your health or your wellness or getting over illnesses or especially when you're a dad with a wife and, and three kids. We may as well mention as well, yes, there are still there's two there's two strands now. You've got one strand of wrestling fan that believes that Roman Reigns' uh, disease was a work and all concocted by Vince McMahon. All I'm gonna say is that is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I know WWE has done some questionable things over the years, but there's still a line, there's still a barrier. I mean, absolutely bonkers. And the new one is that now we should turn Roman Reigns heel. I'm not even going to get into it, but I get loads of tweets about this. Crazy. Crazy talk. Uh, and obviously, I had the, the whole Batista stuff last week as well. Also great. That's why you don't really need my my huge insight on it. I mean, you know, Batista, I love the way it was shot. That was the way it was produced was the coolest thing. It didn't feel like anything that WWE had done before. You know, right from Batista dragging the cameraman with him before he beat up Ric Flair. That made all the sense in the world. Like, you need a cameraman there to cut your dastardly crazy promo. Maybe a cameraman's not going to be willing to do that, given you are ambushing someone. Really liked it. Really liked Batista just staring into the camera and cutting his promo. I thought he came across great. I'm happy he's the heel because I imagine he wanted to be the heel and that makes me happy because we live in a weird meta world when it comes to wrestling these days. And I like it. I like Triple H Batista WrestleMania 35. I'm always a big supporter of Nostalgia at WrestleMania. They're going to do these six to seven hour shows. I want it to be well paced and I want to be able to enjoy different you know, facets of the wrestling landscape. And a great way to do that is bring back guys from the past. So two thumbs up for me from that Raw. It was absolutely brilliant. As for this week's Raw, it wasn't as good, but I did still think it was enjoyable to watch. Like it was nuts. And the amount of times we announced something on the show and then cancelled it before the show was end was kind of baffling. But it was still good. I still liked it. I thought, I, I, I managed to, it never felt like it dragged. I mean, just, you know, the, the, the things that I'm referring to mostly are obviously Dean Ambrose rejoined The Shield despite spending two thirds of Raw saying he didn't want to, he didn't want to rejoin The Shield. And then when they got beaten up by, who was it, Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, the boring boys, it, it, it didn't make any sense. I, I, I liked the moment because the crowd reaction and Roman Reigns' reaction and Seth Rollins and all of that coming back together. I don't actually think we needed to reunite the Shield again. As I said on Ups and Downs, they're getting a bit like Motley Crue these days. Like Motley Crue did, I think it was Motley Crue, Motley Crue did an end of career tour. Like, we're never going to tour again. We've signed these contracts saying that's that. And they came back in a few years. That's kind of what the Shield is becoming now. However, I think there are extenuating circumstances. I don't think anyone expected Roman Reigns back before uh, WrestleMania. How it affects Dean Ambrose, I don't know. I mean, in my dream world, and I said this on Twitter, what I would love to see, and I don't actually think we'll see this, is that Dean Ambrose actually turns on the Shield on Sunday, kind of doubles down and reinforces this heel turn, which was botched up beforehand. And then you can do Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania 35, which is doubly cool, because that was apparently the plan to begin with anyway. So going back to it and having it with everything else that's gone on, I think would work really well. Even more so, because again, I was listening to Wrestling Observer the other day, and apparently there is a, a thought that maybe we'll do Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin at WrestleMania 35. Now, on the one hand, it makes sense, because Roman Reigns can just beat the shit out of him and nobody will care. But on the other, I don't want to see Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. It's nice and simple. I don't want to see it. I don't think that will happen, though. I don't think Dean Ambrose will do that. Also, whether Dean Ambrose is even leaving the WWE anymore is uh, 
is, a, is, is, another, is another question. I just caught in the comments, Niall Brooks saying, you like every Raw, so that doesn't really mean much. Uh, Niall, that is not, that's ridiculous. What a dumb thing to say. When it comes to people that review things or critique things or have an opinion on things, the way it works is like this. I'm going to put my opinion out there and over time and over a few, over a space of a period of whatever, weeks, months, years, you'll understand how I watch or approach things. If you don't agree with that and you still come to me for my opinion, then you're the idiot. Like, you, I'm allowed to like stuff. This is, and this isn't just tying to you. This is something that's happening more and more on social media. But apparently, you're not allowed to be positive and enjoy stuff. Like, fuck that. Like, honestly, there's so much negativity. I tuned in, and I won't name drop them, but I tuned in to a random popular podcast the other day, and all they did was crap over Raw from start to finish. And I turned it off. And that's cool if you're into that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But there's nothing wrong with looking on the bright side of life and trying to enjoy a show for, for, for what it is. But saying that, oh, you like every Raw, that doesn't mean much. I'm not just saying I like it for the sake of liking it. The way I'm going to review Raw is finding the positives and extracting that. And if you just want to go watch someone shit over it, go do it. It's out there. I'm just offering something different. I always find that absolutely ridiculous when people say things like that. Um, and also, it's not true either. On ups and downs, I always call out things I don't like. Just because I happen to, you know, find more things positive. Anyway, we're done with that. We're going off on a tangent. So yeah, so we swerved um, We swerved everybody uh, halfway through with the Dean Ambrose Shield stuff. Because he wasn't, he wasn't, and he was. And there was no explanation why. Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins just got beat down. And that was enough. But then we did the same stuff with Ronda, Becky, Charlotte, and Steph. Like, for the course of three hours, Ronda Rousey got stripped of the, of the title... Uh, and then Fastlane match was going to be Charlotte versus Becky. And Charlotte, uh, sorry, Becky was reinstated because Steph had decided she should be reinstated as long as she signed one of those hold harmless agreements. And then by the end of the show, Ronda Rousey was the champion again because she asked for the belt back. I mean, she was polite, so that's good. And Charlotte and Becky was now a match where if Charlotte wins, uh, sorry, if Becky wins, she goes to WrestleMania 35 and it becomes a triple threat. But if she loses, she's out of the WWE forever. And I was like, that is quite the twist. And how on earth was Stephanie McMahon able to make all of that stuff up on the fly? Like, <laughs> surely there had to be some kind of pre-planning, some pre-prep in there. So that was a bit... I would say it was probably the worst turn that that story has taken so far. But I think that turn, I think the story so far has been of such a high level that I'm not, I'm not going to overly criticise it. And also, what Ronda Rousey did afterwards was flipping brilliant. It just, she looked like she was absolutely killing both Charlotte and Ronda. And Ronda, what is wrong with me? I'm tired, that's why. Charlotte and Becky. And I like the promo she cut. Now, a lot of people say they don't like Ronda Rousey promos. And I understand, they are a bit weird and they are a bit rambling. But I think that's why I like it. I think that's why I enjoy it. Because they're just... She comes across as different. And the fact she can then back up her craziness by being this proper, like, Terminator in the ring... I don't know. I'm warming to Ronda Rousey, which makes less sense because right now she's being a bigger asshole, intentionally so, than she has been for a while. And I kind of sit there going, yeah, Ronda, you beat up those two. It's very strange. That's why I like it. It's making me react in instinctual ways that I wouldn't have predicted anyways. I'll be honest with you because you tune into my podcast and you're going to go crazy about this. Right now, I would rather Charlotte or Ronda one over Becky. Not because I don't think Becky's doing a great job, just because for some reason I've, I've, like I say, in my gut, I've leant towards the other two. Explain that. That's why WWE and wrestling's so great. You never know when that's going to happen. And like, I think Becky's doing awesome. Like, you know, even the, um, the angle that Charlotte and, and Becky did on SmackDown to finish things, which was very by the numbers. You know, Charlotte came out, Becky came out, Charlotte attacked Becky, Becky retorted using her crutch. Disarmor goes on and, the, you know, goes off air with Becky standing tall. And obviously, Raw goes off air with Ronda standing tall and a production guy shouting, Ronda, hold the title up. <laughs> so I didn't mention that in ups and downs. I really should. That was hilarious. But yeah, like, I'm still looking forward to it. I still think it should be the main event. A small part of me would like to see Becky lose at Fastlane just to see how the internet would react because that's become a whole thing now. But it was worth that we did that double-double swerve. And we also had another swerve because obviously Triple H is, is now telling us that his, uh, his storyline with Batista is not a storyline. And when they meet in the ring, it's going to be the man Triple H as opposed from the character. So we are doing this whole breaking the fourth wall thing a little bit too much. But still, that promo was great. He cut it with so much intensity. And he kind of took so many jibes at Batista that actually hit home. I thought it was awesome. Uh, not so much with the Braun Strowman backstage bit where he choked. Uh, I've, I've been calling him Michael Jost. I think Michael Colin Jost. But someone told me it was Jost. I don't know. Either way, I, we don't get Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live over here. So it's hard to watch it. I didn't mind the first one of those skits because if that had just been it and it had just been there to announce that they're going to be the special correspondents or whatever at WrestleMania 35, I'd have been like, okay, that's cool. That's fine. Like, 
Saturday Night Live has a huge audience. I'm sure those guys are very good at what they do. Well, I know they're good at what they do. But then the, the rest of it just went downhill and downhill. And to have Braun Strowman strangling one of them after he had asked if wrestling was real, I was like, what is this? Are we back in 1987? I didn't think that was, that was too great. And it also scared me because it makes me think that Braun Strowman is going to... It makes me think that Braun Strowman is going to have a, a, a clash with those two. And you cannot have Braun Strowman at back-to-back WrestleManias fighting Nick or joining teams with Nicholas and winning the Tag Team Championships before vacating them 24 hours later and then beating up some Saturday Night Live guys. I don't think that would do Braun Strowman any favours, especially because right now he has cooled off a lot. I don't think you can argue that. Braun Strowman is not the exciting steam train that he was, say, around about eight months ago to a year. His injury came at a very bad time. But even before that, it felt like he was he was off the rails. And it's because of stuff like this. He needs things like WrestleMania moments if he's not going to be in the title picture. He needs to be in long-term feuds that he wins. And instead, it just feels to me like Braun Strowman is constantly wrapped up with either Baron Corbin or Drew McIntyre. or I don't think he's done much with Bobby Lashley, but it feels like he has. And that's the problem. Even if he hasn't, I feel like those six guys throwing in Finn Balor and uh, Kurt Angle to the equation have just fought each other so many times I'm like, how how can I even care? I think we need to separate all of them quick. I understand we did it because the Shield needed opponents. And McIntyre, Lashley, and Corbin are credible, especially because they won on Raw. But long term, I need them to break up, and I need some freshness, some fresh dust thrown in my face for that, because my word is that getting uh, is that getting old very quickly. A uh, shout out to my man Ryan in the super chat, as always. Roman versus Rupert Man at WrestleMania. Miller as the ref. If that ever happened, I may retire from watching wrestling because I don't know how I would get any higher. Right, wrestling would have peaked if that was the case. I don't think Rupert Man's ever coming back. Um, he was part of um, Barry Darso was part of that lawsuit that sued WWE over concussions that they lost. So I imagine we're not going to see him. We're not going to see him for a while. Uh, I thought SmackDown was decent too. I thought SmackDown was a bit by the numbers this week, especially because it was a go-home show for Fastlane. But hey-ho, uh, Kevin Owens versus Brian, decent build. Again, just it kind of did everything you'd expect it to do. And then Kevin Owens for uh, Rowan and Mustafa Ali returned to break that up after Daniel Bryan had jumped in to cause the DQ. I think Daniel Bryan is great. And if you've watched any of the promo stuff that he's also doing for YouTube or WWE social media channels, I mean, he is fantastic. And I just, I don't know how this thing with Rowan is working now. Does it make the act any better? Yeah, maybe. It doesn't make any worse, but it doesn't really feel like it's accentuated it to, to any great degree. And I do think the, the last minute switching of Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens now instead of WrestleMania has hurt, thing, has hurt things a little bit. And I get it because I'm now convinced myself, probably wrongly, that Kofi Kingston will win the championship at WrestleMania 35, which I think would be good because it would be a feel-good moment, especially if your three title wins on that night are Seth Rollins, Kofi Kingston, and Becky Lynch. I think something that WWE could absolutely do more of is give you feel-good moments. And there's nothing wrong. You can't do them all the time, but you certainly can overload them at WrestleMania, which used to be a very babyface-centric show. So I hope they do that. I think that we may have to just get through fast lane and the Kevin Owens match may have been sacrificed, but I guess plans change all the time. Like this is only the second week that Kevin Owens has been back and it didn't feel like as big a deal as I think it should have been. And that kind of sucks because I love Kevin Owens. And I also think his face turn is really weird because one, he was brought back by Vince McMahon to interrupt a match the fans wanted to see. And now, you know, on, on SmackDown, it's kind of very clear that it's being pushed hard Kevin Owens is a babyface, Kevin Owens is a babyface, Kevin Owens is a babyface. I think when you do that and you try and shove it down your throats, it doesn't work. The reason a lot of people warmed to Kevin Owens before is because he came across as very credible, very real, and he had awesome jibes that he used to hurl out onto people. And that, you know, he was just a very, very good talker. Now it feels a little bit more stilted. However, we are only uh, two weeks back, so I don't want to jump the gun. I think it's going to be very interesting how they get out of Fastlane without absolutely ruining Kevin Owens. But we'll see. I do love the fact he's doing his stunner as his finishing move. I think that's great. I mean, Austin hasn't done that for 15 years. You know, bless Stone Cold Steve Austin. That will always be his move. But I, I just love that move in general. And to see somebody that I like doing it, maybe if someone I wasn't so high on, it wouldn't have been as good. But I think that was genius. I think that's a genius move by, by WWE. And I think Kevin Owens will pull it off. Uh, uh, and I hope, they, uh, I hope they do it for a while. Right, let's pull up... Um, the uh, fast lane. We'll do fast lane predictions as well. Uh, of course, remember when we are done here, 
Where are we looking? There we go. Where we are done here, make sure you jump over to What Culture Wrestling, where we'll, we'll, I'll be live doing ups and downs. Smash that out this morning in my tired state. I need sleep, but I can't. Don't worry about it. Let's do Fastlane. Then. The worst thing about Fastlane, actually, not what am I talking about? I'm talking about some, the best thing about SmackDown, jumping the gun. Uh, but we can tie it in. The pre-show at Fastlane is Rey Mysterio versus Andrade, which I find crazy. That was announced on SmackDown after we'd had R-Truth's US Open Challenge between uh, who they, between those two, R-Truth and Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe had, done, had won the damn US Championship. Now, I'm all about that. I I mean, I, I got worried instantly because like, I think this means that Samoa Joe is going to fight John Cena at WrestleMania and Samoa Joe is just going to lose. And that makes him a modern-day Bray Wyatt. But then I was like, well, no, just enjoy the moment. Don't worry about that. But to then announce that we're having Andrade versus Rey Mysterio, who have probably had some of the best matches on SmackDown in, what, five, six years, they're going to be on the pre-show. That's not their fault. But WWE has done such a good job of telling everyone the pre-show doesn't matter. It makes no sense. It's kind of like this, this tennis effect because that match absolutely does matter. I think it's the blow-off. I think they've won one each, so you could really push that and make something of it. And also to announce it five, four days before. I think it's crazy. I don't understand that. So that sucks. Uh, but hey-ho, It's happening. Uh, I personally, I'd have Andrade win because I think he needs something now to, to we had, he was hot for a while and now he's kind of gone off, the, gone off the boil again. Whereas Rey Mysterio is Rey Mysterio. He could lose for the rest of his career and people are still going to be excited to see him because he's brilliant and he's great. Whether or not we do that, I don't know. It's on the pre-show, so I think either way you're going to get away with it because it doesn't matter. That's Again, that's what the pre-show is. But I'll go with Andrade. Uh, we're also getting the Revival versus Alistair Black and Ricochet versus Chad Gable and Bobby Roode for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. Surely that has to be a show stealer or a potential show stealer. You know, the Revival are out at the moment to try and prove that they are one of the best tag teams and they deserve a bigger push. Alistair Black and Ricochet can do no wrong. They're great. And I actually think Chad Gable and Bobby Roode have really come together as a tag team. It seemed quite clear to me that the idea at one point was, you know, to, to break them up. Or, you know, they were put together to break up so that Chad Gable and Bobby Roode could have a feud. But they're working. You know, the bigger emphasis on the tag team division has come along at the right, at the right time. We do need more teams. I think, you know, if Ricochet and Alistair Black hadn't been called up, I don't know how the hell we would have gotten out, gotten out of all this or found new teams to put in there. But I think it's awesome. And a small part of me... You know, if Alistair Black and Ricochet aren't going to win, then Gable and Rude, to me, have got to take the fall. I don't mind keeping the belts on the Revival, but Ricochet and Alistair Black have to keep that momentum going. They've already, you know, cooled off a little bit as, you know, what was always going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, I'll go with the Revival to retain, but hopefully they beat Rude and Gable. I want Alistair Black and Ricochet to be kept, you know, unbeaten and on top of the world for as long as possible because that's the way we'll get them over. And they're so damn talented. That's what I want. A uh, shout out to my man Spaz Phoenix in the super chat. Always appreciate it. Hey Simon, you've plugged my YouTube before and that helps no end. I've just fancy booked a whole battle of the sexiest pay-per-view that was fun. Also, I saw your video on the Prodigy. Fellow, you're a great guy. That's well, very nice, Spaz. Yeah, again, you can check out Spaz Phoenix's YouTube channel. Just search for Spaz Phoenix. And now you can see his battle of the sexiest pay-per-view. Sounds controversial to me, so you should go and watch it. Uh, and yeah, just on the, on the note of the Progeny video, uh, I do a bunch of vlogs on uh, my channel. You can go check them out when we're done here. And we did one on Keith Flint, who obviously was the Progeny singer that passed away the other day. Hit me quite hard, much like it did with Luke Perry and uh, King Kong Bundy. I think sometimes when fixtures of your youth do pass away, there is a slight part of you that gets quite insular and you look quite internal and you kind of realize that life is terrifying. <laughs> but thank you, Spaz. I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, Becky Lynch, we'll get to that in the end, actually. And we'll get to that one too. Oscar versus Mandy Rose for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Like they, you know, Mandy Rose absolutely whooped uh, Naomi's ass on SmackDown. It was less than a minute. I, put, I I understand that we're trying to keep Mandy Rose strong, but to me that felt like such a mess that I, I didn't think it helped anything. And then interestingly, Oscar popped up afterwards and kicked Mandy Rose's ass and Sonya Deville's. I actually think we could see a title change here. I don't know why, but I just don't believe there's any faith in Oscar. The fact that she, you know, tapped out Becky Lynch and then vanished for a month. I don't think WWE are overly bothered. And I think they're quite high on Mandy Rose. It probably would make more sense to, to wait till WrestleMania. But I don't see how Mandy Rose loses here and gets that opportunity. Unless they are going all in with Lacey Evans and this is just a tie-over. She is still doing that stupid walk thing. You know, I'm going to change my mind. Oscar will retain. And then, yeah, Lacey Evans will take it <laughs> when we get to WrestleMania. Which will be the most interesting thing ever. And I've got no problem with that. I want to point... Actually, we'll talk about three things here that I haven't mentioned. 
Yeah, we'll put them all into one. Lacey Evans being pushed. Dana Warrior potentially joining the creative team. And Tori Wilson going into the Hall of Fame. I've seen a lot of vitriol on social media. You know, a lot of people ragging on them. Oh, Dana Warrior doesn't deserve it. What did Tori Wilson ever do? Lacey Evans, you know, she, she's not worthy of the push. And I'm all for opinions. And I think it's important to have those debates. I think it's how we have those debates that I'm... I don't struggle with it, but I find baffling. Like... It's cool if you think any of those three things. But when you start attacking the individual, that's when you're lost to me. Because no one is going to turn that stuff down. If any of us, well, not any of us, I'm sure some people would have different opinions. But I likely think that most wrestling fans would love the opportunity to write on WWE's creative team. So if Daniel Warrior has got that because of you know who she knows, which is not just a wrestling thing, that's a life thing, I'm not going to begrudge her of that. And it's the same with Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson was brought in to do a job. And she did that job very well. There's more than one way to crack an egg when it comes to pro wrestling. That's an exact quote from Ups and Downs on Raw. And she did do it well. And we do remember her. And people still do react when she comes out now. I got no problem with Tori Wilson going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Absolutely not. I look at it far more from a personal point of view. She'll have a great day. It'll be a real sense of achievement. She still traveled. And I get it. People go, well, they all wrestlers travel down the road. Why don't they all go into the WWE Hall of Fame? But that's the point. That's what the WWE Hall of Fame is. It's more of a... Uh, an honor for everybody that plied their craft at WWE as opposed to the best of the best. And I got no problem with that. I got no problem with that, like at all. Um, and it's the same with Lacey Evans. I, no, no one's going to turn that opportunity down. So if Lacey Evans is going to be given the chance to smash it, I hope she smashes it. And I hope she's great. And I hope she wins the women's championship and becomes the best women's champion ever. Because that's only going to raise other people's games. But I'm not going to judge them before the fact. I'm being a bit preachy and ranty now. You'd have to, you'd have to forgive him. You have to forgive me. But I, I personally, I'm not going to judge them just based on a headline. I'm going to wait and see and then do it. And again, it's cool if you don't like it and you think, well, X equals Y and Y equals Z. That's perfectly cool. But I just find, uh, you know, a lot of the time it's like, oh, fucking, what did Tori Wilson ever fucking do? It's like, all right, calm down, bro. She's still a person and she still was pretty successful. We know who Tori Wilson is. So she must have put some work in. Anyway, that's... Uh, that's, uh, that's just my mini rant. What are we talking about? I think Oscar will retain. Weird, these podcasts, aren't they? Uh, Boston Hug Connection versus Nia Jackson. Tamina, obviously, Tamina beat uh, Bailey, Sasha Banks. No, Sasha Banks on Raw after Nia Jax just kept interfering. The ref couldn't give two hoots. I don't want Nia Jackson and Tamina to win the belts because I think that would undermine them straight away. I also don't think this was the best feud to start off with. Um, it's, it's already made those belts feel like they've been around for 10,000 years. So hopefully, I think it'd be much more exciting if Sasha Banks and Bailey had defended them first in NXT or SmackDown because then they would have gone somewhere else and they could have always got back to Nia Jackson and Tamina down the line. I, I, I don't like betting against Nia Jax. So I know WWE's high on her. But I'm going to go with Bailey and Sasha Banks, and hopefully they have a huge match uh, at WrestleMania, at WrestleMania two. But I'm unconfident in that one. I'm not confident at all. I think we could easily see a title change. However, Tamina did win on Raw, so hopefully that means that the pay per view the champs wins. That's what I hope to see. Uh, the Usos versus The Miz and Shane McMahon for the Tag Team Championships on SmackDown. Pretty confident with this one because I bought into a long while ago that we're probably going to do Shane McMahon versus The Miz at Fastlane, which would mean one of them is going to turn on Sunday. So I will predict The Usos. I'll put all my money behind that. And the question is, who turns? Let's do a quick poll in the comments as well. I know you're a little bit behind because there's a lag on this. Who turns heel? Does The Miz turn heel or does Shane McMahon turn heel? I actually think it's going to be easier in this scenario, given that everything that's happened with The Miz and his dad and total, no, what's it called? Miz and Mrs. It actually, amazingly, be easier to get sympathy on Miz at this stage, which goes to show what a good job he's been doing recently. And I also think Shane McMahon could do with a, with a change up in his character, even though, yes, it puts a McMahon in another heel role and that will suck. There's no two ways about it. But I'd rather see that. So... I, I mean, I'll go Shane McMahon turns heel. They may not even do it here. I may be wrong. I do think the Usos are going to win. The Usos were great on SmackDown as well. I really like their promo, even if they are playing this weird with kind of faces, but are also kind of heels role. But that's mostly because Shane McMahon and The Miz are meant to be faces. But yeah, I'll, I'll go Shane McMahon turns heel just to be a bit controversial. And I think that'd be more fun for me. But yeah, the Usos retain. 99% sure that's uh, what's going to happen. Uh, the Shield versus Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley. It all depends if they're going to turn Dean Ambrose. If they're not, there's no reason for The Shield to lose. It could be the last time we ever see them if Ambrose is still trying to lose, you know, leave in April. So just have them win. It makes no difference over Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin. I mean, they're one person in my head now. They've merged into one. They, they, they really, really have. So I just put The Shield over. I'm enjoying Roman Reigns' return. It's a feel-good feeling. 
Although I guess it's really there is an easier way out because you can just pin Dean Ambrose. And again, if he is walking out the door in April, nobody's going to care or post WrestleMania. But I go the Shield win because that really, really, unless there is a huge twist where Dean turns on them, because that will be the focus. I think the Shield really will start to feel lackluster if they reunite once again and can't beat those three chumps. That would be absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, I, I think that would probably be a big match as well. And then of course you have got Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. And Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens. I don't think Kevin Owens is going to win the title. I think there's a small chance he could be put into the into WrestleMania as a triple threat. But I think Daniel Bryan will win. But I think there's got to be shenanigans here too. Because otherwise Roman Reigns... Uh, Roman Reigns. Kevin Owens has also come back and just lost. And that's a little bit dry. So Daniel Bryan. But yeah, there's something that I'm probably missing. Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair is an interesting one. I think Becky Lynch will probably win. Because it is going to be a triple threat match. And I don't think you want to eke out the story any more than you already have. But the fact she was standing tall on SmackDown, I don't think she's going to beat Charlotte Flair clean. I think Ronda Rousey's going to come out and do something because she's bonkers now. She's nuts. She's a Fruit Loop. And somehow, you know, get it to the point where they're both disqualified or, you know, the match is cooled off and therefore we have to do the triple threat to, to finally get a winner. I just think if Becky Lynch is going to win here and is also going to win at WrestleMania 35, potentially by pinning Charlotte, Charlotte will be fine. But I don't necessarily need to see it twice. I think you'd, you, you'd get away with more if you kind of threw the match out of Fastlane. And that will suck because you are screwing the fans in the arena that night. But if it's for the greater good, which is WrestleMania, I'm all right with it. So I actually think this would be a no contest or something like that. So that Becky can still go in. But in the record books, nobody's got their name, their, their name there. Even though the record books are fictional and we've never seen them. And that's Fastlane, which I actually think, I mean, just, you know, reading through it there, it's not a bad card. Kevin Owens versus Daniel Bryan, especially given that Kevin Owens is the face and Daniel Bryan is a heel. Uh, the Shield reunion is cool to a point. Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, I always enjoy. Rey Mysterio versus Andrade, you know, pre-show be damned, still be good. Usos are great. Like, you know, it's a really, really good card on paper. Doesn't mean it'll be a good show. And a small part of me still thinks we should just eradicate Fastlane altogether so we can focus more on WrestleMania once Elimination Chamber's out of the way. But I think it may be fun. I'm excited about it. Going to keep two fingers crossed and, and, and we'll see what happens. All right, let's answer some questions. Always ask for questions in the Facebook group, Simon Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just find it and like the group. We'll also take some from YouTube, especially anybody that throws ones in the super chat, of course. If you support me, I'll support you as much as I can. And then, yeah, remember in around about 23 minutes to jump across to What Culture Wrestling, SmackDown, ups and downs will be live. Did it so early this morning for various reasons, which is why I like a tired mess today. But I'll be there in the chat. You can come live and we'll talk about it. But for now, Thomas Sutton. Now Joe has the US title. Does that mean an automatic burial for him? I don't necessarily think it means that. But as we mentioned, I am worried that it ties into a John Cena. I think it's been done for John Cena. Because John Cena was meant to fight Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan is persona non grata at the moment, or absent without leave, I should say. We don't know where he's gone. And there was a rumor going around that it was going to be Cena versus R-Truth. But let's face it, Cena versus Samoa Joe is just a more exciting match. I'd love it if Samoa Joe won. I think that would absolutely cement that character, especially after all the gubbins he's gone through recently. But that is my worry. I don't think he's going to be buried, but I think it could be Bray Wyatt, like I say. And then we get to WrestleMania and John Cena just wins. And I'd be like, ugh, why did we even do it? Because it negates Samoa Joe again. I'm sick and tired of Samoa Joe being negated. I love Samoa Joe. He's negated all the time. But no, I don't think it buries him. If anything, at least for a few weeks, he actually gets a proper push. Because he didn't win the WWE Championship. He is very susceptible to losses. He lost to Mustafa Ali once as well, right? Rarely gets his revenge. Like that Jeff Hardy feud just died. So at least now he's got a belt. He's got a shiny thing. And hopefully he'll still be allowed to turn up to TV. Because that was the thing with our truth. He won the belt and he vanished for weeks. Not his fault. Uh, but it happened. Josh Tilbury. I really enjoyed the small run of R-Truth's open challenge, and as much I want Joe to bring up the title's value. I could have gone a few more weeks with R-Truth. I want to be like my hero, John Cena. I don't necessarily think that's going to end, but I, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I mentioned this on SmackDown Ups and Downs. It has made a bit of a mockery of an open challenge because it lasted two weeks, and then he's done. It also makes a bit of a mockery of the US Championship because I think R-Truth's been hold, held it for a month. So it's even more stupider because Nakamura and Rusev, who were going after it, formed a tag team and just forgot what they were doing. But I think you're right. I think we could have eked it out longer. But I think the problem, it's all about WrestleMania. This is why we sped everything up on Raw. We did all this stuff on Raw with the Shield and the women because we had to get it all in place for Fastlane, which is Sunday. And then the counterpoint to that is, well, we've got to get everything done for WrestleMania as well. Clearly something's changed when it comes to the show of shows. Samoa Joe had to be put in this position, so we just pulled the trigger. Because I mean, let's, let's figure it out. I mean, after, after Fastlane, we are only... One, two, three, 
Four weeks. Jeez, my knees. That has gone round. Is that right? So that's the 10th one. Yeah, four weeks. Poof. Unbelievable. Also, in four weeks, I'll be in New York, Brooklyn, New Jersey. So you're out there. Make sure you find the What Culture peeps and say hello. That's what it's all about. Uh, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I could have done with more, and you're right, I agree. Spaz Phoenix again in the in the in the super chat. Always appreciate it. Torrid isn't getting the same heat Edge got when Savage wasn't in. As if someone is going, what keeps if someone is going in, what keeps others out? Torrid is getting the same. Do you mean? No, I don't know what that means. Let me know. You don't have to. You just put a comment in the thing. Torrid isn't getting the same heat Edge got when Savage wasn't in. Are you in Tory? Ah, oh, Tory is getting the same heat. Sorry. Tory is getting the same heat Edge got when Savage went in. If someone's going in. Yeah, that's right. I think, yeah, people are getting mad because Tory Wilson is in, but insert wrestler here isn't in the Hall of Fame. But they will go in because everyone's going to go in. Although, and the people that aren't going to go in are probably because they have some kind of heat or some kind of, you know, uh, bad relationship with the company because that's what the WWE Hall of Fame is. I'm just going to be happy for everyone that gets the nod, and I really hope they, they enjoy their day. Yeah, that's right. I'm that guy, Mr. Positive. Call me an asshole all you want. It's all good. I'll call you an asshole back. I'm not positive all the time. I can respond. Um, another one from Josh. Who gets the NXT title, as I assume Champa has to vacate? I would say Adam Cole, but I think he'll be on the main roster soon. I think Adam Cole is a good shout, and I think I'd actually pepper him quite well before he does get cold up. My money is on Adam Cole. Ollie Smith, what's your take on all the recent WWE behind-the-scenes hirings? And do you think this is WWE admitting that creative booking, match editing, and talent liaison are currently, for the most part, pretty awful? No, I don't think that. I think it's more these people are really good, and we don't want them going to AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and they're out there. I presume you're, gonna re you're referring to Shane Helms. Uh, Abyss has gone there. Sanjay Dutt. Jeff Jarrett. Obviously, Steve Carino's been there a while. Somebody else got hired, and I can't remember who it was. But that is a who's who of pro wrestling. I think most, I, I do think they've hired because they're good, first and foremost. But I also think there's a, a another part of that where, because they're good, WWE doesn't want them under anybody else's radar. And look, if that, obviously Bruce Pritchard got hired back as well. And if all that helps WWE, I'm all good with it. If they're there, and they're happy to be there, and they're making a good living, they can do whatever they want. And if it makes WWE better because of all that, then happy days all round. But no, I, I don't think WWE look at their product that way. Um, and I don't really think talent liaison, I don't know about talent, but I don't think match, match agenting and creative booking are that bad. They just need a bit of a, you know, a bit of a shake-up. And I don't know if anyone that's been hired is going to have a massive effect on that. Maybe they will. Uh, Oscar Piers, what's your current favorite wrestling theme song at the moment? Mine has got to be Alistair Black's or the Undisputed Era. They're the go-to on my gym playlist. Also, keep up the great week, Simon, work, Simon. We missed you last week, Chief. Thank you, Oscar. I appreciate it. Uh, Alistair Black's would absolutely be a, a recent favorite of mine. Um, I don't know why. I guess because he's, I watched NXT, but because he's been so prominent on Raw and SmackDown recently, maybe it's just stuck in my mind more. Always like Kevin Owens is. Always like Seth Rollins. Uh, Baron Corbin's is really good. Doesn't fit his character at all anymore, but it is a really good theme. Otherwise, I mostly listen to old ones. Stone Cold, Triple H's, Undertaker's theme from WWE Music Volume 3 is awesome. But shout out in the chat as well. If you're watching on YouTube right now, favorite current WWE theme song, and, and I'll read song out. I think probably Alistair Black's is, is, is the best shout. It really fits his character as well. And you don't always get that with WWE these days. I like it when a character... You can feel the music within them. Uh, Christian Brown. Uh, when I think about my favorite non-Dodo promos, the two that immediately come to mind are Dusty Rhodes' Hard Times and the promo Drew Galloway cut on Joseph Connors back in late 2016 when he returned to WCPW. Good shout. What non-Dodo promos come to mind for you? Anything Ric Flair did in WCW. Like when he took his trousers and he was elbowing his jacket. I always think about that because it cracks me up. But you could say that for nearly any Ric Flair promo ever be it in or in or outside wwe i mean he was the best obviously otherwise it's probably something i need to sit down and think about i'm going to stare off into the distance and hopefully something pops into my brain i mean yeah old school dusty roads terry funk cut some great ones um poof. i'd have to i'd have to i'd have to go through and, and think and see what comes to mind i mean hulk hogan at 96 bash of the beach right that was a pretty good promo not necessarily because of what he's saying, but that what he'd just done, the ambience, the atmosphere, people throwing garbage into the ring. It was a really cool, it was a really cool, a really cool sight. 
Um, but yeah, I can't think of one top. Ric Flair, just in general, in, in WCW. Uh, some shout outs for the, the best theme at the moment. Tommaso Ciampa, Sheamus, Baron Corbin, Ronda Rousey. And Ronda Rousey's theme is good. I wonder why. Uh, Finn Balor, Keith Lee. Love Keith Lee. What a hero. EC3's um, goodbye. Oh, he's about promos there. Ricochet. Ricochet does. I thought Ricochet had a good theme. I really listened to it on SmackDown. I was like, that suits him. I mean, I've heard it a million times, but yeah, it clicked. Um, so yeah, Champa got a few a few votes in there too. Where am I going now? Cameron Sykes, do you think Samoa Joe can rebuild the US title to something meaningful again? I mean, he absolutely can, but again, that's not on Samoa Joe. That is on the booking that WWE has for him. If WWE says to Samoa Joe, run with it, he will do it. The promo he cut afterwards was so good. He simultaneously sounded really happy, but also like he wanted to kill the entire WWE roster. And that's not an easy thing to do. R-Truth could have brought credibility back to that title if he had won matches and the belt had felt like it was important. But again, that's all about how WWE wants to treat it. We'll have to wait and see. John Cena is the last guy I remember who managed to bring you know some magic back to it. But that's because he was booked really, really, really strong. And also, he was John Cena. Samoa Joe certainly has all the attributes. But if he's just going to lose to Mustafa Ali next week in a non-title match, then it's pointless. And that goes for if he loses at WrestleMania too. No matter what, you can't do much in four weeks. Um, but I hope I'm wrong. That's all I'll say. And I hope they do start to bring prominence back to both these titles. You know, I forget that Bobby Lashley is the IC champion because they never mention it on TV. Crazy. Uh, Bradley Edison, welcome back, Simon. We missed you. Hope you enjoyed your time off. Thank you, Bradley. I did, and I hope you're well too. Do you think the women's triple title, <laughs> title triple threat can still headline Mania? I feel like they have taken a lot of steam away from it recently. It all started from Becky having to apologize. No, I still think it's WrestleMania main event worthy. I do think as we sit here right now, it has less steam and it's less hot than it was a week ago. But I think that's kind of minor. I think they should do it just because now is the right time. And we could get to WrestleMania 36 and not have a program that is this good. So given that we can strike, let's strike now. Let's not wait. That's always the way you should react to things. Um, but you're right. It's not as... I, I just think there's been a shift. I think there's been a shift. And again, let me know in the comments if you're on YouTube or if you're listening on the podcast. Tweet me at Simon316. I was I still think Becky's doing great. This is nothing Becky has done. But the way that the story has changed and the, the, the direction it's heading in, I feel myself warming more towards Ronda and Charlotte than Becky. I'm probably completely wrong. Again, it's a complete, gut, uh, complete instinctual thing. But let me know. Pick one right now. Just Becky, Charlotte, um, Ronda. Write it in a comment right now, and I, I, can, I, I can have a look. Uh, also, do you have any advice for someone trying to get lean in the gym? I have a bit of weight to lose, and I want abs like Finn. I'm interested in what a gym day looks like in the life of Simon Miller. Well, I'm actually going to do a vlog about that soon without wanting to tease you too much. So keep an eye on the channel. Subscribe if you haven't, and hit that bell so you get notifications. My diet is already up, and I'm going to do my gym routine soon. But basically, short version, if you want to get abs, you want to get lean, it's all about making sure less calories are being burned that are coming in. That's it. If you're in a calorie, calorific deficit, you will but you will lean up and you'll get abs. I mean, there is a little bit more to it than that, but that's kind of the headlines. Never overthink training. Keep it nice and simple. Where am I going? Uh, there we are. Mark Roy Day. With the Hall of Fame announcements in full flow now, who would you say that isn't currently in the Hall of Fame or announced for it that is it that is the that this year is most deserving of being inducted bar Repo Man? Secondly, who would you most like to see in it for your own personal satisfaction? I mean, British Bulldog comes to mind quite quickly. Uh, Vader, uh, King Kong Bundy. I think all those three guys. Uh, King Kong Bundy's up there because I didn't realize he wasn't in until he passed away. But yeah, they'd be the three that I think deserve to go in. In terms of satisfaction, British Bulldog would also be on that list. I've talked about it before. that The, the fact that Davy Boy Smith achieved the success he did in a world where getting to WWE and getting to the USA was borderline impossible is incredible. Like, it genuinely is. Other people that I think deserve to be in... I don't necessarily think anyone major is missing anymore uh, from a personal satisfaction point to me. I mean, The Rock obviously will go in one day. I mean, a dumb one that I would always like to see because I got so much enjoyment out of him when I was a kid is D'Lo Brown. But, you know, I'm sure D'Lo Brown would get the Tory Wilson treatment. But I, I enjoyed D'Lo Brown so much when I was a child that if he got a Hall of Fame announcement, I'd just be excited to see him back on WWE TV. I know you think he works for Impact now, or he may have left that. 
But it would it would get me excited. It would hit all my nostalgia glands. Uh, Spaz Phoenix in the, in the comments again, the super chat. Always appreciate it, my brother. Since I'm across the pond in Canada, who's your fave Canadian star? Avoiding the obvious one like Bret Hart. Well, it would have been Bret Hart. Otherwise, probably Kenny Omega. Uh, I'm a big fan of Chris Jericho, the wrestler. And I say that for a reason. <laughs> Not joking. I think Kenny Omega, right? Or, or, or Christian as well. I like Edge too. But I always thought Christian was underutilized and underrated. I always thought he deserved a proper push. And especially when he was world heavyweight champion. I never thought he got treated like a proper world heavyweight champion. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's... I think... I just like Christian. I don't know what it was. So I just wanted to make sure what people were saying in relation to Becky Ronda. Yeah, Becky, Becky. Becky, yeah, that's what I thought it would be. I will. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nick Palmer. Uh, Dana White has recently said Brock Lesnar will be fighting in the octagon again. Should we be worried about another half-ass mania match? If Brock is focused on UFC, are we going to get a Brock versus Dean part two with Seth playing the role of Dean? Um, I don't know. I'm sure Dana White says a lot of things. I'm sure Vince McMahon says a lot of things. And I'm sure Brock Lesnar says a lot of things. I think the quote you're referring to is when Dana White said, uh, Daniel Cormier wants the Brock Lesnar fight. And if Daniel Cormier wants it, he'll get it. I don't know, I don't know what the situation here is. I don't think Brock Lesnar would half-ass it again. I don't think he can if he's in a Universal Championship match with Seth Rollins. I think that would look badly on him. He got away with it, if true, against Dean Ambrose because it was a random match in the middle of a card with no titles on the line. Um, that was WrestleMania 32, right? So, you know, I just think, I, no, I don't think that would happen. Maybe I, I'm being too positive here, but I don't think that would happen. Uh, I Personally, I'd like to see Brock Lesnar back in, in, the, in the UFC for one more fight. I think Daniel Cormier versus Brock Lesnar is just a crazy fight that I never thought I'd see, that I'd get a real kick out of it. But I, I, th I think the reason you don't want it to be detrimental to WWE is because he's got a maximum of two fights left. In UFC, I would guess. Whereas WWE, really, with that schedule, he could go on for another 5-10 years, should he so wish. I doubt that he does. So you don't want to bury or burn your bridge too much. So yeah, if he is going back, no, I think he'll put his working boots on for WrestleMania. And I think we'll have a good match. I'm quietly confident that Seth Rollins versus uh, Brock Lesnar is going to be a really good match. And like Roman Reigns was at 31, and, and we'll enjoy it. I hope so anyway. I hope so. Uh, Cheney Childers. Hi, Simon. I hope you're having a wonderful day. You too, Cheney. Always appreciate it. My question is, do you think Sasha and Bailey will be tag team champs after Fastlane? And do you see them doing something for WrestleMania? I hope so. I mean, as I said, my big thing is I hope they beat Tamina and Nia Jax and then go on to take a really take on a really good team. But maybe I, Io Shirai and Kari Sane or something like that WrestleMania. I think it's a match the fans would like. I think it would really cement those belts as something that we should enjoy. And it would be different. And we, we rarely get something different, especially when it comes to the tag team divisions. I'm also terrified they're going to lose it at Fastlane. Because to me, betting against Nia Jax is always a bad idea. I'm going to keep an eye on, odds, on the odds this week. I don't like spoiling pay-per-views, but that match, I'm going to keep an eye on the odds. And if Nia Jax and Tamina go in front, I'm going to be like, I knew it. I damn well knew it. Uh, I'm excited Tori Wilson got inducted in the Hall of Fame. Me too. If they hadn't picked her, who do you think would have gone in replacement of her? Well, I think Victoria is a, is a really good shout. Victoria was this like really, really good women's wrestler in an era where WWE were completely against good women's wrestlers. Why she's not allowed to even be spoken of anymore, I don't know. I mean, she wasn't in any of the Raw Rumbles. She wasn't on Evolution, unless I've forgotten. I don't think I have. So yeah, Victoria would be would be my pick. I feel like she's a really underutilized and forgotten wrestler now when it comes to WWE. And I think she did a lot for women's wrestling, especially during that time. Uh, who do you think should claim the NXT title besides Adam Cole? If, if, Adam, if someone told me Adam Cole was off the table, I'd absolutely uh, go back to the Velveteen Dream. Abs I, I will not go back. Or Matt Riddle. I put it on someone new, somebody exciting. The best thing about NXT is you can take chances, take risks. And if you have gone too early with something, it doesn't really matter. That's the whole point of developmental. It's trial and error. And I think it would kind of usher in the new dawn, a new era for, for NXT. And I think that's what we should do now. You know, the Tommaso Ciampa new sucks. It's completely thrown things into the ringer. So let's shake things up. Let's have some fun with it, especially because, you know, eventually Alistair Black, Ricochet and Gargano, uh, they're going to be gone. Uh, in other news, I went to the doctor and my MRI and my EMG was normal. My lesions in my back are stable. We think I have neuropathy in my feet from the meds I take. I have it in my hands, but just wanted to give you an update. Next week, four appointments in a row on one day. Foof. Uh, if you don't know, if you're not in the in the Facebook group, Cheney is going through some stuff medically. Genuinely inspirational and genuinely just incredible how she's dealing with it. 
Um, I hope Cheney doesn't mind me saying this, but if you want to go to the group and read her posts and you're having a, either a bad or a good day, I think it will cement how strong people can be. Just throwing it out there. It's one of the cool things. Oh, I pressed the wrong button. It's one of the cool things that, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons I love doing this podcast. And I love being involved in the wrestling communities because you get some pretty amazing and some pretty incredible people that pop up and you kind of have these relationships over the internet. And that to me is just badass. I love it. Uh, on the subject of that, on my holiday last week, I did go and check out uh, California's, or I should say Oakland's, premier independent wrestling promotion, Hood Slam. If you've never heard of Hood Slam, I strongly suggest you, you check them out. I'm going to do a video on here about it as well because I loved it so much. Headlined by Joe and Ryan, which really pleased me when I found out that he was going to be that because I've never seen his whole you know, dick stuff live other than all in. I think it's kind of something more special about seeing it in a in a small venue. But Hood Slam is really good. The atmosphere is incredible. Like, there's a lot of drunk dudes and a lot of drunk dudettes. Never say that word, but I've said it now. Going absolutely crazy. They were loud from match one to the last match. And there's no real heels or faces either. Everyone just screams and goes nuts <laughs> for everyone that comes out. And there was a there was a drug taking bunny. I think he was called Drugs Bunny. I think that's who I think that's who he was. It was just, it just it cracked me up. I thought it was a really, really good promotion. Shout out to my man, AJ Kirsch, who was the host of that and very nicely got me into the building that night. But yeah, absolutely. If you have never seen Hood Slam, I strongly suggest YouTube it, Twitter it, Facebook it, check out some clips. It's just a rowdy crowd who just want to see some nuts wrestling. They don't take themselves too seriously, but the wrestling is still of a high quality. There was a really, <laughs> they do this thing where you can throw, you can't throw anything into the ring, but you can throw in tips so the rest is all there picking up $1 bills. I really like that. It felt different. It was really good. At, uh, like, it was a really good, like, it, 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 there was no bad will. There's no ill will in that building whatsoever. You know, if somebody had botched, I imagine there would have been some good-hearted fun. But the level of support was through the roof. And I just thought, I, re I really, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, a quick shout-out to Hood Slam. Uh, thanks for having me along. I enjoyed the hospitality. And you should absolutely, you should, you should, you should go watch it. It's just, you, you just won't not enjoy it. Even if you didn't like the wrestling or the characters for some reason, you'll just enjoy it because no one, no one shuts up in a good way. If all wrestling was like that 100% of the time, all wrestling shows would be 100% better. Because when you've got a crowd that wants to be that loud and wants to put that energy in, you're going to get the energy back out. And again, I got to say hello to Joey Ryan, which, uh, which, which I always like as he was selling his merchandise. Uh, and, you know, thanks to all the people that came and said nice words about all the what culture stuff as well. That always puts a smile on my face. So shout out to those guys. It was a good night. I had a good time. I had a good fun. Why? One of the reasons I'm tired now. I'm jet lagged to all hell. Never been jet lagged in my life. Well, I have been, but I get over it quite quickly. This time I felt like I could just keel over. Uh, keel over and die. Uh, right, let's ask <laughs> too much. Let's ask answer some last quick questions in the chat before we wrap this up. Remember, when we are done here, uh, please make sure you head over to What Culture Wrestling and join me live for SmackDown ups and downs. That's what we do on Wednesdays. Um, Maria Hernandez Barrios Guadalupe Dillon, greatest name we've ever had on this podcast. Sorry, Babak, you've been you've been usurped. Hey, Simon, do you think the Undertaker might retire? I don't know what's going on with the Undertaker right now. In the two weeks, you know, the last week that I was away and the week before that, it's gone from Undertaker appearing at Starcast not being a big deal to apparently Vince McMahon being really upset about it to Undertaker being taken off the Starcast page, questioning people if he's still going to be there to him having a WrestleMania match. I don't know what's true anymore. Uh, I'm absolutely lost and I'm absolutely I'm absolutely baffled. Uh, as I've always said, Undertaker should be able to do whatever he wants. You put 30 years into something and protect your character that much. You want to start doing podcasts. You want to start doing shooting interviews. You want to start doing signings. You go crazy, man. You've absolutely earned it. Uh, but I would assume uh, he did have his big retirement. Maybe he has. And if he has, great. And if he hasn't, great. It's completely up to Mark Calloway. I don't think anything he can do at this stage is going gonna, is gonna to affect his legacy. Uh, Thomas Jackson, is Ronda a two-time champ now? Or is the whole vacating stripping of the title just going to be ignored? Well, I think what you were meant to take away from it is that Ronda was trying to push Stephanie into a corner to include Becky Lynch and not exclude her. But given that Stephanie didn't do that, Ronda was like, look, let's just go back to basics. It wasn't the best storytelling in the world. I'll give you that, Thomas. But here we are. We may as well just smile and enjoy it. Uh, Braun Strowman in the comments. Hey, Braun, how you doing? I think the Shield will win. I have faith. Do you think they will win one last time? I think they should absolutely win as long as they don't have some big angle plan for Dean Ambrose. There's no point having them lose for the sake of it. You know, everything's gone with Roman Reigns. Feel good moments are what it's all about right now. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Uh, Brad Bourne, I qualified three days ago as a personal trainer and was listening to this to keep my anxiety down, so thank you. Brad, 
like get anxiety. You can't control it. But man, there's no need for you to be anxious right now. That's badass. You went out of there and you conquered. I respect that. I appreciate that. Now go out there and be one hell of a PT. That's cool. And you're very welcome as well. Whatever I can do, I always will. Right, we're coming up to two o'clock. Thank you as always uh, for joining me. Obviously, we'll have another episode this week. Doesn't It will be on YouTube, but it won't be live. But keep an eye out for that. Obviously, obviously also on iTunes and all those kind of podcasts. If you are on YouTube right now, please do subscribe. If you're not, head over to youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report rules and give me a subscribe. I love watching that number goes up. It's just fun. And you can check out a bunch of my other weird videos. There's vlogs, there's other podcasts, gaming, all kinds of stuff. You can see it up there on Twitter, Instagram at Simon316. And if you can support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash Simon316, even if you only put a dollar in the hat, I will be, uh, I'll be a very happy man. It just means I can do this even easier than I could the day before. Saw one comment quickly saying, when are you referring to returning to Defiant? I'm already back, baby. I'm running that assistant GM nonsense. Head over to Defiant YouTube channel. You can check that as well. Um, and also, yeah, go over to What Culture Wrestling right now. I'm literally going to jump across the other computer and we'll get on with it there. But thank you very much for joining me. I'll be back next week. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy wrestling. Enjoy Fastlane. It's the last pay-per-view. Where's my button? There it is. It's the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania. And then we can all get excited about that. Love you loads. I'm Simon Miller. And I'll see you again soon.